Hey everyone, so today I'm going to play the second part of the interview with Charlie Antonelli. If you missed the first part, go back to the last week, listen to that first, and then this episode will make a lot more sense. Hope you enjoy the rest of this. Take care. Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Minute. I'm your host, Tyson Cross, and in this show, we explore all things mobile home park investing, from just getting started and trying to figure things out to the latest news and changes in the affordable housing sector and everything in between. I hope this inspires you to be a more thoughtful, intentional, and successful investor in this space. So thanks for listening, and let's get into today's show. Uh, and, and you're gonna that's gonna require you know capital more capital than you think you might need uh, you know uh, the, the first three months of buying a property you, you're probably not going to see a penny back typically I mean there's going to be a lot of you know you know deposits to utility companies there's going to be collecting rents there's going to be a, you know there's going to be a process and you know I find that it's not until about six months after do I start really kind of bringing in some nice passive income typically of course it depends on the property but uh, I definitely want some you know uh, be be real and honest about how much capital it's going to need and then give yourself some breathing room from that. Yeah, I talk a lot about this. I think it's such a big point. Um, and by the way, when you say, you know, just so people understand, when you say you're not going to see a penny of that, that doesn't mean the property's not producing income. It means that you're, you're pouring it back into the property. So it, you could take that money, right? But the, but the idea is maybe you have so there's two schools of thought, right? Like you go in well capitalized. So let's say you go in with like an extra 50 grand, let's call it. I mean, for sake of just numbers here and you use that money to infuse into the property. So, and this is what investors do if they're, if they, you know, if they raise capital because they have a, a responsibility to pay returns on that investor money. So they need to raise more money than just the down payment. They need to raise capital that they can infuse in, especially if there's CapEx or things that need to be done immediately so that it doesn't affect the cash flow. Or, you know, like, like what we've done, um, I, based on what I hear you saying, this is what I've done too. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll have an, a capitalized account, but we'll use a lot of that cash flow in the first six to 12 months that we just infused back into the property. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Too? Okay. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. That is exactly what I do. I, I mean, I, I reserve the capital uh, in a capital account. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, will use the proceeds from the park uh, first. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, and, and then should there be a, a delta, I'll, I'll, I'll put the rest in. Yeah. And, and this is such a big topic because, um, first of all, you know, I see people on bigger pockets or different forums talking about, I, I've seen the question, not like a ton. But I've seen it where they're like, at what point do you do you start taking all the cash flow, or or when do you consider like financial? You can leave your job off your investments, and this is a this is a tough one because I've seen firsthand investors when we go to sell, you know, like apartment buildings or deals that we've brokered, where they have lived off the cash flow, and that is literally their only income. And because of that, they're not reinvesting back into the property and therefore it's deteriorating, it's deteriorating over time. And so mm -hmm. when they go to, you know, that's their asset, but, but you, you have to keep reinvesting back into that asset. Otherwise the asset's not going to appreciate in the way that you hope it will. 
And so that's right. I just think people really need to think about that because, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go buy a park and then I'm going to quit my job. It's like, dude, that's not, that's really not how it's going to go. I I don't know. What's your experience with that? No, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And and typically that's who I buy properties from is people who are living off of the income because they are running it. Uh, like a mom and pop, uh, you know, anything that they see with improve the park, they see it as literally money out of their pocket. So they're very hesitant and unwilling to improve the quality of the park. Whereas I come in and uh, I don't need the passive income right now. Uh, I have other sources of income. Um, and so for me, it's more about the equity creation for the first however long it is until I, I get to where I want to get to with the, with the property. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I I'd rather spend every dollar I can to, to, to fill a vacancy, to, to, put, to get the roads better. So I can, you know, just by increasing rents to market value and, you know, any, anything else that, that's required to increase occupancy and get rents to, to market rate. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at with the game plan until it's nearly a hundred percent full. Stable. Yeah. Which brings me to this next topic. And I know I want to make sure we can talk a little bit about this before you've got to go, but, um, you posted something on LinkedIn. Uh, I just found it. I was looking for it last night, but it was about a month mm-hmm. ago. And this was one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk with you. But you talked about something that came up at one of your parks reg- uh, with one of your tenants or one of your residents. And um, you started the headline or the post with the sentence, being a landlord's a social responsibility. And so could you, I mean, if, whatever you'd like to share on that, would you please share it? Uh, just sort of a condensed version, but then we can talk a little bit about that because I think sure. you know, this is something us, I guess, younger investors or people that are getting into this now, uh, mobile home parks, it, I think is such an important thing that we need to focus on because um, this is affordable housing, right? And we're the last line of the most affordable housing there is for people. So, can you can you talk on that for a little bit? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know what I'm um, talking about right. I, I do. Yeah, okay. no, no, uh, absolutely. And and so uh, to to me, uh, I, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm in this for you know capitalistic reasons first, mm-hmm. um, but sure. before all else, I believe in being a good person. Yeah. Uh, and and being a, a landlord uh, is not anything to take lightly. It's we're talking about people's homes we're talking and the home is 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 is, it's a basic need for people it's shelter uh it's it's how people feel secure in life um and so it's something that i think uh i want to get that message out there uh and i want more investors uh you know to also sort of consider uh and you know I, i think it's really important in this space in particular because there are a lot of great investors doing the right thing, but mobile home parks have a bad rap of, you know, oh, you're a mobile home park, uh, you must be a slumlord, you know, and, and affordable housing, you're taking advantage of poor people. And mm-hmm. it couldn't be any farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I work side by side with the tenants to, to accomplish their goals. Uh, you know, I, I work on, you know, uh, making the, their, their community nicer and safer. My entire goal is uh, is to provide uh, affordable, clean, safe housing for families. There's, there's children in these properties. I don't take that lightly. We do strict background checks. 
you know, so, um, so it's, it's a real social responsibility. Um, yeah, I want to get rates to market rates and, and, but I'm not going to do it overnight. You know, I mean, we're going to get there over, you know, a reasonable amount of time. Uh, we're going to, and I'm going to, you know, infuse cash and into the, the property along the way so they can feel good and happy about where they live. Uh, so, so I, I do take this responsibility seriously. And I think that the post you're talking about was a little anecdote that I shared online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was about, I was, uh, I was actually in Indiana, uh, closing on, on a, a rather big, you know, size park uh, that I just closed on recently. Uh, and at the same time, I have a few parks in, in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, and, and they're smaller parks, uh, but at the very bottom of the hill, uh, is this this lady, old, old lady, uh, and and this park has a hill to it, has a slope, and there's been a normal amount of rain in Pittsburgh this year, and, and weather's been funky all over the place. Mm-hmm. But this poor lady, she's at the bottom of this hill, and what happens is all the the water just rolls down, and it was just it was collecting onto her front porch, uh, and then it would get icy, and it's dangerous, and she'd feel trapped in her home. And this problem, by the way, was happening before I purchased the property. And, you know, I'm sure even you know, before the previous landlord and no one's just been in this place for a long time. No one's done anything about it. Her daughter has called me and said, I hope, you know, you're the new landlord. You can do something about it. We've had this problem. It's only getting worse. And, and so I had, you know, contractors go out, take a look at it. I had landscapers take a look at it. Handyman, everyone's giving me a different answer. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm like, I just got to figure this out. I can't, you know, keep calling this, 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 yeah. uh, this lady and her daughter and saying, I promise one day we'll get to it. It was just eating at me. So I, uh, I had already been away from my family for a week in Indianapolis, uh, and I was dying to go see them, but I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm halfway to Pittsburgh. So I got to, I got to get there myself and just solve this one problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this problem is not, not, you know, uh, advantageous for me as far as my, you know, personal finances or economics go. It's not going to make me wealthier, but it's, it's, it's important. This is a responsibility I have as someone who's a paying tenant, a customer of mine. I need to make sure they're, they're happy. Uh, so I, I ate the price of the, the trip from Indiana, uh, Indiana back home to California. I flew out, uh, extended my trip a few days, flew out to Pittsburgh, uh, got there, walked around, got boots on the ground, I saw the problem. Uh, it was a twofold problem. Uh, uh, one involved, I had to talk to the township because uh, they, they, they were causing it, it turns out, at least the majority of the, the runoff. Um, they had some of their streets above where, you know, the, the sewage, uh, the storm drains, not sewage, yeah, storm drains water. were diverting water into, the, yeah. into my property. And, uh, and I thought, okay, that's going to be a long uphill battle. So I got to first, you know, make sure I, I don't leave here without having something that's going to take away most of this problem for this poor lady. So, uh, so I spent the $1,200 to get a French storm, uh, a French train, uh, you know, built in front of her home. I said, Hey, listen, this is not going to take care of all of it, but it should hopefully take care of it more than half of it in the interim on work of the township. Uh, so that's exactly what, what we, I did is I left there with the contractor ready to build it. Uh, I worked with the township township. Uh, to their credit, did a fantastic job. They worked faster than I thought they would. They've already solved it. They're rerouting the water. Uh, so that problem was solved. We also noticed, the contractor and I, uh, that this poor old lady uh, doesn't have a ramp. And, and she's in a wheelchair. She doesn't have a ramp. She has a small stair that's kind of, it's very small. But, I mean, that's a, that's a big step for, you know, anyone who's old in a, in a, in a wheelchair. So, um so uh, the, the contractor and I talked about it, 
And you know, to his to to, to his credit, he he said, "I'm going to donate my time if I, if I pay for the materials." I said, "Looks great. Let's do it." We're building her a ramp, uh, and I got to call them, and I got to say, "Listen, this is I, I'm not leaving here until this is done. Uh, we figured this out. You won't have a water problem anymore, and we're going to build you a ramp." Uh, and, and I mean, it, it was it was like tears. It was like they cried, and and it was really really sweet. And and I thought, how nice. I mean. To me, the whole expense was $1,500 plus the airfare and time away. I mean, it wasn't cheap. It was probably somewhere around, you know, I probably spent $2,000 in time while I was out there, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, an, that's a lot of money to me, but it's an unattainable amount of money to them. They would never be able to solve that problem on their own. So they were, they were destitute. Uh, and so that's what I mean by it's a social responsibility. Uh, you know, we have to do things sometimes that aren't always going to show up in, in the P&L. Uh, and I really am, uh, you know, I feel strongly about that. And, and I think that there's a lot of really great investors out there that, that do a lot of these things and these stories don't get told. And unfortunately, a headline of, hey, local land, you know, landlord uh, does good deed for tenant or landlord uh, improves the quality of the community. That's not a very exciting headline. So the headlines that we see are, you know, about the slumlords, about people raising rent too fast and and so I think any time on social media where we have a platform and a voice, if we can share it together, uh, I think we'll be better for it. I think the industry will be better for it. Yeah, that's a really cool story, man. I think uh, you're absolutely right. I, I just, you know, I've said this before, too, is one of the, I mean, one of the most uh, gratifying things that I've gotten from being an investor isn't the money or the returns or anything like that. But it's just these things that you do, these little things that uh, are, are somewhat insignificant to us. I mean, that's, that's still a lot of money, but you can, you can afford to do that. They're, they turn out to be these huge things for these people that live there. And mm-hmm. understanding that and just seeing how it affects their lives is, it is so, it's so gratifying and it's just such a good, it's such a good feeling. And, and ultimately that to me is more, I, I, lo- I get more out of that than anything else from being an investor in this space. And so, you know, I, I love yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I just, I want to be careful too. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like uh, I'm in this for altruistic reasons because I, I, I'm really not that selfless. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly in this to, to get returns and to build equity and, and really at the end of the day, all that's just so my, you know, I can feel like I have a safety net for myself and my family and have financial freedom. But of along course. the way, uh, you know, I mean, you can be a great, you can be a good person and, and have values too. And I think that that's a narrative that I think yeah. is lost in business in general. I think, you know, maybe I'm just lucky because I came from the, you know, Bay area where I, I've always thought of business as like creating cool things and, mm-hmm. and, and adding value to the world. And I've always saw business as, as this, uh, you know, you know, you add value and you give value and, and you get, you know, value back in, in the way of money and you can do more things with that. And, uh, and I think ultimately if business is run correctly, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that that's what it's about. It's about, uh, you know, people creating, uh, you know, value that makes someone's life better and someone else will decide to part ways with their hard earned money because that's going to make their life better. So that's, yeah, that's my thought on business at least. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, this is a business, but um, doing it the right way, there is a wrong and a right way. And I think, you know, doing it the right way is we need more investors like you and people that are that are willing to do that, those kinds of things in order to 
to um, you know do do the right thing. So that's that's awesome, man. Um, well, I have taken up a lot of your time. I really appreciate having you on. I, I feel like we keep chatting, but I know you've got uh, some prior commitments. So, um, <laughs> how can how can listeners get a hold of you if, can, if they wanted to, or or is there a place yeah. they can go to find more about you? Sure, I'm happy to uh, help anybody along the way with their own journey. Uh, it makes me happy uh, to, to do that. So. They can email me. My email is charlie, that's C-H-A-R-L-I-E, at rockstackcapital.com. Uh, that's probably the best way to find me. Uh, and if anyone wants to email me and you know, get my input on something, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, and you know, thanks for having me on. This has been a real delight. Uh, hope Maybe I'll start a podcast uh, about the other topics, about college, life, and politics. And, and <laughs> I'll, have you, I'll have you on as a guest for that. Hey, I'll be the first one on, man. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share with a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and leave us a review. Also, check out more info at TysonDCross.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Take care.